0: Bonjour friends, welcome back to the show. My guests today are Johnny and Youssef from propanefitness.com and it's another Life Hacks episode, but this time the gym edition. It's the new year and everyone is back in the gym so I figured that we'd go through some of our favorite exercise variations and training hacks to add a bit of spice into whatever your new program is. Expect to learn how to make bench press even more focused on your chest, the ultimate skull crusher variation, Johnny's favorite rep scheme for muscle growth, how to get motivated if you're not feeling like training, what research shows is the most effective exercise for glute growth, how to make an even better pull-down machine, and much more. If you haven't already picked up a copy of the Modern Wisdom reading list, then what are you doing with your life? Take your life and your face to chriswillx.com/ books. It is a free list of the hundred most influential and impactful books that I've ever read all grouped into categories. there's fiction and nonfiction with a summary of why I liked it and why I think you should read it chriswillex.com/ books go and get your copy right now. In other news, this episode is brought to you by my protein. If you need a new protein powder, there is only one place to look, and it's My Proteins Clear Way. It looks and tastes like juice, but it has more protein in than a normal protein shake. It's so light that you can drink it during your workout. It's not going to give you digestive discomfort or make you feel bloated or uncomfortable. It is the best protein that I've ever found. And they even do a vegan version. So the vegans can get in on the action as well. If you need steel shakers, accessories, clothing, Whatever it is sport nutrition creatine multivitamins fish oil no matter what it is that you need my protein have got it they ship worldwide so they will fulfill in any country and you can get the maximum discount that they offer by going to bit.ly/proteinwisdom. That's b i t . l y slash protein wisdom, and the code Modern Wisdom will find you the maximum discount available on whatever you put into your basket. So even if there's super secret discounts, it will work it out for you. One code to rule them all, and you can activate that by going to bit.ly/proteinwisdom and the code Modern Wisdom at checkout. In other Other news, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. They have just launched their brand new and improved lawnmower 4.0. It is engineered to be the ultimate ball and body hair trimmer by focusing on functionality for an unbeatably comfortable grooming experience. It is designed to give you the best shave by having a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, a 90-minute battery so that you can take a longer shave, waterproof technology which allows you to groom in the shower, and an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. If you are using an old shaver to trim your gentleman's area, then you need to join 2022, okay? You don't need to feel anxiety at the the potential of of nicking yourself that that doesn't need to happen anymore there are purpose-built tools for the job and that is the lawnmower 4.0 they've also upgraded to a 7000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology so you can secretly go and shave and no one will know it's even got a length guard with sizes from one to four and a wireless charging system that uses electromagnetic induction to help the battery last even longer plus they ship internationally and you can get 20 percent off with free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and use the code Modern Wisdom, it'll get you 20% off the entire site, including their Lawnmower 4.0. Plus, you get that free shipping as well. Manscaped.com and the code MODERNWISDOM. Wisdom. But now it's time to learn some gym hacks with Johnny and Yusef. Another Life Hacks episode Tools, Techniques, and Tactics for a Productive and Efficient Life. We're going to go through a big list of things that we've used over the last couple of months, and everything will be linked in the show notes below. Because it's January, we thought that we would do some special gym training, little exercises that we've picked up, variations on workouts, maybe some kitchen hacks, but also probably some things from the internet and maybe some Netflix shows and such like that we've been enjoying so,
1: johnny, what have you what have you got for us? <laughs> so my this is my exercise variant. Cool. Um, so this is, I guess, if you are in a gym that doesn't necessarily have a chest press or something like that, um or if you suffer from back pain consistently or an aggravated lower back. And find that for example when you're doing bench or doing dumbbell variants that like it irritates your back when they sort of cramp up and it's a pretty simple variation but it's one that probably people outside of the like strength training world might not have tried which is just a it's a bench press normal bench press with your feet up not necessarily on the bench but not like straight out um so your feet aren't on the floor basically you aren't applying any force onto the floor and it basically turns it into chest isolation and completely removes your lower back completely removes your, your lower body um so just a good variation limits the limits the load and very quick to warm up for
0: so how does it replace a pec machine is it it's just a bench press right
1: it is but it's so like i guess it depends on how you would normally bench but a lot of people even if they're not a powerlifter you'll see them kind of as the bench gets harder they'll sort of like squirm and move around and like press their feet on the ground to try and like use their the rest of their body to help the weight up when your feet aren't on the ground you can't you can't do that so
0: i'm guessing as well the angle is you're a little bit more flat as opposed to decline because you can't get that right. arch in right okay exactly
1: yeah so you basically have to lie flat which means that you can't get the like the lower back cramping that sometimes happens um it's also quite a good um like if you if you don't really feel like scared of bunch press and you want to just use lightweight but you want to still get something out of it it's a good way of doing that as well.
0: What's the reason biomechanically that this is harder? Is it because you can't use your, lat- your lats as much? You can't recruit
1: like technically legs and lower body, there's no like there's less stability because you're not like you're relying on balance at the same time. Oh, okay. There's no force through the floor. And yeah, you aren't in a in, a, in as much of an arch if you wanted to compare it to a powerlifting bench press. Have either of you ever tried it? Yeah, it's
0: nice. Yeah. So I, the only time I would have done that would have been if I was doing bench press from the floor. Floor press. Like a floor press. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the only time that I would have done that.
1: Do you get, do you, have you, I imagine you have yourself where like you're benching and your back like cramps up, seizes up. Yeah, it doesn't take much for my back to. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I would really um, have thought you would have had that, Chris. you not experienced that before.
0: No, so my, my back doesn't really seem to be too extension uh, perturbed, but it gets. Flexion. Yeah, yeah. A little bit worse when I go, when I go forward. Yeah, that's nice. I like it. Um, I need to try that. I might try that. Try and add that in this week. Seth, what have you got? What's yours? So, mine is probably one that we're all a fan of. Unfortunately,
2: this is a sexist exercise variation. Can I guess what it is? Yes.
1: Is it barbell chest supported row?
2: My favorite exercise <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you do have back problems or if you just find that you're in this cycle of doing bent over barbell rows or pendlay rows. And then each time you add the weight, you're just like humping it a little, little bit more. And then over the months, you're like, well, did I increase my row by 2.5 kilos or did I just hump 2.5 kilos more? And it, it's, it gets to the point where like, if you're rowing more than your body weight, mechanically, like balance wise, you can't actually keep it strict because you'll just topple you over. So there is a point where beyond 80 or 100 kilos you're going to have to start doing some kind of chest supported variation to get a strict back workout so just give it a go set up a bench on i i say from flat it's up two inclines so two clips um get the seat of the bench up as well so that you can rest your knees on it or if uh, if it's one of those benches that has feet then dig your toes into the feet make yourself as stable as possible and then barbell with you know normal plates on on the side so it gives you enough range and then each rep counts as when you touch the underside the of, the bench. of the bench with um, and then it keeps it replicable
0: what's your reason for doing incline bench chest supported row as opposed to setting a bench up across two boxes and it being perfectly flat
2: you can do that as well it's just pretty janky Just like, convenience yeah most most gyms i've been to don't really have a safe setup for that's doing a seal row. because you
0: continue to train out of very specific types of gyms, and they're the that ones are close that to me. geographically... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Most gyms I've been to that are within a five-minute bike ride. Yeah. Uh, don't have this. Yeah.
0: That's it. Because the only thing that I think with that, I love it. I, I, I think it's a great movement, both me and you. Have, everyone here has had back pain at some point, and I've never been a fan of bent-over rows I think that they're too easy to cheat, and it just feels. What am I working here? Am I working my hamstrings, my glutes, my lower back, my shoulders, my traps, my upper back? Like so, I,
2: so, sometimes you'll do a set of pendle rows, and you'll be like, I actually feel that
1: most in my lower back. Yeah.
2: What have I done there?
1: Yeah. Um, I had one just attached to that, which is what you just said, Chris, which is a seal row, which is what you just described. So okay. like when when you're lying flat and you row, you're basically reverse bench press. Yeah, yeah, and you're pulling it to like the bottom of the bench. You can get specific benches that are just a seal high, row bench.
0: High, thin uh, seal row mm-hmm. benches. Yeah, they're cool. Didn't the place in Edinburgh have one of those?
1: You, Most
2: likely. Yeah. In, in fact, that's the direct upside down version of the first exercise you described, Johnny.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yes. <is>. yes. <laughs> lie li- Like a seal, completely flat. The reason it's called a seal row, I think, is as you start getting closer and closer to failure. I don't know why this is, but, but you, your
0: feet do the thing. You just like flail oh, up. So oh.
1: you, you know, you know, like those those uh, <laughs> red red fish that you lay on your hand and make. Do you know what I mean? It's like a like a thin piece of see through paper.
2: Usually a present yeah. in a Christmas cracker from nineteen
1: ninety seven. Yeah, you must know what that is, Chris. No, it's no. like it's like a, like a see through piece of plastic, and it's a fish. Okay. You if you know what we're talking hand, about, put your thing in it the ca- comments it below. Kills up. Okay. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh my god, Chris, I can't believe yeah, you, you
0: don't, don't know, know about it. the
1: fucking fish." But, but that's, that <laughs> Idiots. Well,
0: that's what you do. Okay. You um, I got. I, I had a few here because I thought that we were going. I thought that we would have a couple each. So the first one, which is my favorite, and I think I've during training with you guys, we've both done this. Uh, skull crushers, but floor lying skull crushers. So most of the time, if you're doing a skull crusher, which is a tricep movement, you would do it on a bench. Um, getting yourself to the point where you have the easy curl or the barbell up here is actually a little bit awkward because. Okay, do I get it past to my hips? Then I've got to kind of hip it to my chest. Then I've got to push it up and then get it down. Dumping the bar is also really difficult. It's easier for you to go past the range that you're supposed to. You can't do dead stops from it. All of this is fixed by doing skull crushes from the floor because you lie down in front of the easy curl bar. It's already on the floor behind you. You can just put your hands behind you, take it up. If you fail a rep, you're not going to drop it on your head. You're going to just push it up a little bit away from you. Drops on the floor... Uh, Plus, you can do some cool stuff like it's easier for the person that's with you to do uh, strip sets or drop sets because they can just pull the weights off more easily. And you can do dead stop sets as well because you can just lower it to the floor, wait until it's taken all the momentum off, and then go again. It's like that for the long head of the tricep is numero uno
1: workout exercise. Elbow pain as well. I think elbow pain with normal normal skull crushes can be quite bad for people if they if they're consistently like passing their head
0: too much extension
1: yeah or just too much going through the elbow mm. so yeah the commonality here is lots of lying down <laughs> and <laughs> lots of removing the lower body apart from a very specific part of the upper body and but the good thing is lots of repeatability in each right. one of the exercise uh, so oh sorry johnny
2: it's yours I just have, I've got a couple more exercise variations. Me too. I, I don't know. Me too. So, Johnny, look, have you have I, you go I've got some
1: more fitness stuff? Yeah. All right, hit us. Maya reps. You both know what those are. Vintage. No. So it's something that, like, again, like Yusuf and I, will, will just use all the time. But I think a lot of people won't have tried. So if you're short on time, um, or you want to like add some assistance at the end of your training session, but like you're not like, I, like I don't really like doing curls, for example or like arm, arm, direct arm work or anything like that. My reps is basically, um, uh, I think it's by a guy called Borge Fagerli. Um I think that's his name or something like that. So you do an initial set, which is called an activation set. So it's usually like 10 to 15 reps near failure. And then you take 10 breaths and then do between three to five reps.
0: I have done breaths.
1: this. thought you might have done breast three to five reps and you keep doing that until you hit like a close to failure set basically do you strip the weight you there are like variations where you can do that but normally if you do it properly and this is what's so good about it you you get like five minutes in and you've done so many reps and you're knackered and you're like okay that's all of that movement done and it it removes all of the resistance of like oh i've got five sets of eight or i've got three sets of 12 because it's just done before you really know what's happened and you can make it into a bit of a game. So, like week by week, you try and do slightly more weight, or you try and do an extra set at the end, or something like that, or do it in in less time, like They're take fewer rests between.
2: They're great. The the rationale from is it pronounced borge or burger? I think it might be pronounced like burger okay. Bur- or something. It can't but, be burger. I, I can't I, I? don't know. But um, b u r g e r b o with a with a line through it, which is pronounced e. I- so, so right. it could be good anyway, <laughs> the idea is the rationale that you recruit the majority of your motor units at reps seven, eight, and nine of a ten rep set, if that's close to your your max. And so you take your twelve rep max, you do ten reps with it, you start to approach that sort of almost failure point. You then stop three to five deep breaths, recycle the ATP but you keep the kind of fiber recruitment at that point, And then you just do two or three and then you kind of ride the wave and stay at that peri failure state. And yeah. supposedly those 30 reps that you do end up being more effective than if you had done three sets of 10, for example, yeah. because in that second example, it would only be sets uh, reps seven, eight and nine of
1: all three sets that were effective. Or sometimes even only like the final set, depending on the load you use as well. Yeah. Um, the only thing I wouldn't use this for is so it's great for any isolation stuff, most upper body stuff. I wouldn't use it for squat, deadlift, leg press, or or anything like that because that gets uh, quite hairy, quite why spicy. Not for,
0: why not for deadlift?
1: Just the like the total body overwhelm. <laughs> overwhelm. <laughs> like if you take like a, if you take your twelve rep max on deadlift and do ten reps with it, and then you're going to rep out with that. I think the chance of you Like if you're gonna do five five by three, after that,
0: yeah, okay, I understand. But I think with
1: with ten breaths in between as well.
0: It just needs to be anything that's easy to reset. If it's a complex, if it's a standing shoulder press, like no, because you're gonna have to rack it and then take it off. But if it's something that's easy, if you're doing machine, if you're doing any arm direct arm work. Yeah, it's
1: um, perfect for machines. Like, yeah, don't, don't
2: do it with, like perfect. cleans or anything.
0: Like, <laughs> be reasonable. Also, well, that's CrossFit. That's what CrossFit is, isn't it? It's just the name of CrossFit. CrossFit is. Um, yeah. Also, probably better for bilateral movements rather than unilateral movements. Just that you're going to be fucking about with rest periods in between.
1: So I I do it for dumbbell row. It's in my program for dumbbell row. I disagree with it, the fact that it's in my program for dumbbell row, but it is. So I do it. And I have to basically do the full cycle on each side. So yes, you'll do like yes. a set of fifteen, three, 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 three. So it takes twice as long. But yeah, oh, I would. Oh fuck! So would, you're
0: doing it all right arm.
1: Well, because if you try and do it the other way around, you end up like forgetting where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh. Do I need to start
0: with the left or the right?
1: Yeah, I understand. And technically, you've you've rested twice as long per side. Yes. So it's it's kind of defeating the like at that point. You're just doing dumbbell row yeah really. just
0: high intensity dumbbell row okay <laughs> yeah so myo reps i'd totally forgotten about that dude i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna add that back in yeah it's like a it's somewhere between a drop set it's a permanent drop set um without the drop of the weight isn't it or a rest pause it's like an yeah, aggressive rest, rest it's pause training so it's yeah. something called
1: dog crap training which was sort of a similar um similar style but it's it's more of a family friendly version i guess all right seth what
2: you got so there is a place in most programs, as you, as we were saying before, to increase the stability of the movement so that you can focus on the muscle that you're working. So up until recently, I always did my split squats, so my, my Bulgarian split squats, which is where you hold two dumbbells. You've got one foot in front, one rear foot resting on a bench behind you at about kind of knee height. And you're doing squats like that. that They're notoriously brutal and there's loads of memes going around like, you know, when when your coach puts split squats in your program and it's like tearing up the paper because people just hate them. Um, But often when you're doing them, a lot of your bandwidth is focused on like don't fall over like because you're trying to balance laterally or sagittally (laughs) rather than um, focusing on the muscle that you're training. So this was a tweak from someone called Dick who works with us. She is Australian called Rebecca, um, and she's the originator of the biros, you know, the little black biros as well. She invented them. Um, But it's just to stabilise one hand. And so let's say you have your right foot forward in a split squat, left foot behind you. You'd want to hold the dumbbell in the opposite hand, so your left hand, and then just hold onto a rack or something, or a rack, onto your... (laughs) This is getting very surreal. Um, <laughs> hold on to something stable on your right side. That way, you can just really focus on getting a nice, nice glutey sensation. Do
0: you not now? You're going to have to hold double the weight in one hand. If you're even remotely like competent, your your grip's going to be a problem here, right? Your grip got... could
2: be a problem. So, so actually, I don't think you should go too heavy with these, because what you've done there is you've improved the quality of the movement. You can you can get more out of less. It's not a movement that I think you need to, like, load super heavy. And, you know, even holding a 30-kilogram dumbbell is going to be enough for most people mm-hmm. to get some good stuff from. And you can go up to, like, 15, 20 reps as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Single arm, um, rear foot, elevated, <laughs> split, <laughs> split squats with...
1: Unilaterally loaded. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay, so this is from a guy on... Uh, Instagram that I follow, who has some really cool uh, infographics that explain breakdowns, Dr. Eddie Joe, PhD uh, on Instagram. And he just breaks down what the science says about strength training. And he looked at the exercises which recruit the most muscles, uh, most muscle fibers for glute development. So what are the exercises? And out of 100, which was the maximum of recruitment, the top three movements are all types of step-ups. So the number one, which I think was in the 90s, was step-ups. Number two was like contralateral cross-body step-ups. And number three was some other type of step-ups. So basically overall, and the next closest thing was maybe RDLs or deadlifts. Way, way, way down were um, hip thrusts, fucking kickbacks, uh, rear foot elevated split squats, even lunges. Were quite, in fact, lunges might have been the next closest thing after uh, after the step-ups. But basically, if you want to have big glutes and if you want to develop your glutes and if you want to improve your lower back, just do step-ups. And the best way that I've found to do this is dumbbells held <laughs> by again. You no, know, not that. Not that thing that athletes <laughs> do where they go, All the funky um, plates. Yeah. They love that. Um, if you have your dumbbells by your sides, it means that you your center of gravity is lower so you're actually more stable. It's easier for you to balance. You are only on one foot here as you go up and go down. Um, I wouldn't go above, about, depending on how tall you are, but I wouldn't get your thigh of the stepping up leg to ever be really above parallel to the ground. You don't need to get a super, super amount of range here. You can just go from there and then push to it being straight. I would also do all of one side at once, And then i wouldn't do it alternating because just resetting each time foot goes down foot comes up it's too complex just keep one foot on and i think that this is a hack i learned from you guys which is when you step down to the floor during step ups only put your heel on the ground because it means that you can't push off with your toes you'll find yourself as you start to fail the reps wanting to give yourself a lift off at the bottom and i guess if you're going super super heavy it might give you a little bit of assistance and help you to add some more load. It's probably a pretty good movement to overload on because if you need to fail, it's quite easy. It's probably pretty safe on your lower back because you're in this perfect straight position and also you've just got dumbbells on your hands, so it doesn't really matter. Um, But yeah, if you want to make it, if you want to go for the super duper hard version, uh, only touch the heel on the ground so you can't kick off with your foot and four by 12 on each leg. Uh, Oh, just totally disgusting. It's a cardio workout disguised as a strength workout.
1: If Just you, make sure you go. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> if you curl up your big toe on the first rep, so the foot that's on the ground, yep. you've got the say left foot on the box, right foot on the ground. Curl up your toes of your right foot, and then load the leg that's on the box first. Yep, and then step off. So much harder. Just keep that. yeah posture. Yep. It is because bas- you, you, obviously this is the problem with movements like this, isn't it? Like if you're aiming for a number of reps you end up just doing anything to hit that number of reps. Which this feeds... is why we need quality of
2: movement rather than worrying about
1: trying to load them heavily. Well, that it feeds into my, my, my next hack Ooh, or flash beautiful. tip, um, which is to have a, a split in your sessions where you have, um, well, if you care about how much weight you lift at all, have one or two movements in the session where you do just care about how much weight you lift. For example... If you're trying to increase your bench press or your squat or your deadlift or something like that, I don't think you should necessarily be focusing on the quality of the contraction in your glutes and your hamstrings. You do just want to be lifting more weight or hitting your rep target. But all of your assistance stuff, I think in general, you you get far more mileage out of yourself, your joints, your muscles, your connective tissue, and the exercise if you say, well, okay, this rowing movement. Like I don't care how much how many plates are on the machine, I'm going to go for like the the best quality movement. I'm going to control the reps. I'm going to go for maximal contraction. I'm going to pause at the top. And I'm going to use half the weight that I maybe would have done. And it's a massive ego hit, especially if you train with people, if you're using like two thirds of the weight that they are. But if by the time you hit the weight that they are using now, almost guarantee you'll be in a much better condition than them. So just reduces your injury rate of injury. um, And also how much longer you can use the exercise for as well.
0: Do you commit to certain movements within your workout
1: plan then being for quality rather than for load? Yeah. So for me, it's anything that I have like four, four or five exercises that I care about the, um, the number. So those are ironically considering what we're just talking about seal row and chin up. So like a rowing movement and a vertical pull squat bench and deadlift are the only things that I like track how strong I am. Everything else in my program, even really a lot of the assistant stuff. So like, a pause squat or a pause deadlift or a feet up bench press or anything like that i'd rather take the hit on the load and go for like what am i trying to do here like i want to feel something
0: mind muscle connection (laughs)
2: exactly yeah this solves the problem people always are like oh but i thought you have to kind of pick powerlifting or bodybuilding and there's no in between and you have Mm. to everything you're either only lifting more weight and looking fat and rubbish or or just being a bodybuilder who's weak, you know, I know it's a a bit of an outdated kind of mentality now, but it's okay to lift more and also look like you lift. And on average,
0: on average, I would say it's weird because we go through phases with this, right? I think maybe because I'm coming out the back of CrossFit and people, although it might not look like it on the outside, people are quite concerned about doing exercises in there when you're doing accessories really for quality. So I think on average, when I look in the gym, I see people that don't progressively overload enough. I see people that are under loaded and overlifting a lot of the time. Like how many people are still bench pressing the same weight that they were 10 years ago are still going yeah. into the gym because they've never actually committed to doing progressive overload. So I think that the way that you've got it split there, which is, okay, where am I looking to gain strength, commit to those that's for strength and then on the other things I'm committing to quality. I think that's a good way to do it because it allows you to still become stronger. Because if you did, this is what uh, we have a, a a friend who did a bodybuilding competition a long, long time ago and was adamant that going into the gym and doing like five five reps, 10 times on a single arm row, but with a 10 second eccentric was going to be the best way. And you stepped on stage and didn't look like he lifted because he'd been convinced by a particular type of train some blog on the internet that this was the optimal way to do it. And you're like, look, mate, if you just fucking put some weight on the bar, you'd have probably been fine,
1: but you didn't. I think the, like the, the test is what would happen with this exercise if I had to really open the taps with it? Like if there was a load that I'd never lifted before and I had to really go for it, what would I end up doing? So if you imagine that with a barbell curl, for example, and you had to really go for a one RM. Like it feels unsafe, doesn't it? It feels like you'd end up doing like lots. Well, I'd be like around. one
2: of those one of those little plastic fish that you get in a, a Christmas cracker. You put your you finger across
1: the back you... of you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course, of
2: course. Of course. <laughs> uh, right,
0: Seth, what you got?
2: So, if you're in a gym that doesn't have a pull down machine, that only has cables, for example, Le- for, for example, if the gym is only within yeah a couple of minutes of your house, and you, <laughs> then. <laughs> you can get really not in fact i might start doing this instead of pull downs in the future which is just a a deep lunge with the cable overhead and just doing single arm pull downs so the way that i would do it for the people who are lucky enough to see this on youtube
0: is are you wearing orange orange jogging bottoms you like them no so
2: (laughs) so a deep lunge yep arm overhead so right foot forward
0: left foot left hand Is back knee on the ground there
2: uh, you can, but I just am flexible enough to just do it in a deep lunge with my foot on the floor. So your back foot is elevated? Back foot is off the round? Sorry, your back knee? My back knee is, yeah, just because it feels nice and stable.
0: That's a good exercise. So I have a buddy, uh, Alfie, who's adamant that a kind of a similar movement but sat on the floor uh with both cables attached at the top two handles and then allowing yourself to basically do a vertical kind of like a pull down like a close grip pull down but because it's on the cables and because you're not locked into a seat it allows you to play around with that angle and that stretch that you get at the very That's a very john top. meadows
2: exercise is it they're called called stretches yeah lovely as well yeah you can also do that with if there's like a a seat bit <laughs> you can put your foot on there
0: uh i know what you for, mean
2: so that then you can hinge yeah while keeping it
0: reliable uh this is something that i think it was such a good um cue that i was given by a crossfit coach and his argument was your concentric should be quicker than the eccentric on everything that you do that if you're doing bicep curls and you're lowering the weight down you can lower it as slowly or as quickly as your program demands. For nine seconds. Yeah, for nine seconds like that other one. But um, you need to contract it quicker than that. And I think that just generally, when I've seen people training, they're forgetting about tempo. Not everything needs to be a tempo movement. Not everything needs to be like a four-second eccentric. But if you were to take a little bit more care about how you're lowering the weight down and then you use power on the way up. I've also seen, this may be bro science, but that if power is loaded Whatever low distance and speed pulled together that moving a heavy weight more quickly recruits more power, so that should mean that you get more muscular is that how accurate am I here? absolute,
2: I? absolute physics, lad there um. <laughs> <laughs> it's right though
1: that is correct
0: well because that's why okay. you track your bar speed right Johnny
1: um, no, it's oh. not but so I, I track my bar speed because bar speed is. Has a correlation to RPE so how many more reps I could have done, so it's a way of me managing the intensity without using percentages
0: okay uh, what do you think about people integrating tempo better into training?
1: I think it can be it can definitely be overused, so I think the the rule that I would have is if you like you're far better off with an exercise in general, just progressively overloading it over time than you are worrying about as long as your tempo isn't ridiculous. Like if you're throwing it around, I think you should have control over the weight, but you're probably going to get more mechanical tension, muscle growth over time. If you just add more weight and don't try and do like three seconds down, three second pause, three seconds up, um, because the tension created from using 10 more kilos is greater than the tension with the, the longer eccentrics and concentrics. We'll scrap
0: tempo everything. And I'm just going to put more weight on the bar. Uh, (laughs) I
1: lift it faster.
0: And lift it faster. Okay, Johnny, I'm pulling the ejector seat and uh, I'm passing it on to you because tempo everything was a bad idea according to the two PTs in the room.
1: Uh, well, I've just literally just lost my thing. Your hack. Yeah. Uh, that's so annoying. Should I do oh, it? Oh, no, I've got it. Got it. Right. <laughs> Close. Um, it is to use a... I mean, you, you both come across a landmine attachment before mm-hmm. so you, uh, most gyms have them maybe not the ones within five minutes of useless house But mine actually does they do fantastic so uh, i find overhead pressing in general quite cumbersome so barbell overhead press i know chris is ridiculously strong at barbell overhead press because it's just the forearms forearms <laughs> to rest of the rest of the bar <laughs> arm. but like that's that's cumbersome getting dumbbells that are heavy enough overhead is cumbersome um and also like it's quite, for example, a barbell overhead presser and like leaning back and all that sort of stuff. So if you load a landmine up, which for people who don't know what that is, basically a way of anchoring a barbell to a fixed point And then it's leaning away and you hold it in your hand. You're doing a one, one-handed overhead press with a landmine is a far more natural movement because you naturally slightly press it away from you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a far more natural movement for your shoulder. You don't have to like do all these sort of like weird lower back extension to get the bar in the air and it's far easier to progress you can add like small plates to it and, and load it over time and if you struggle with getting the the bar into position start with it resting on a box or resting on a bench and then you just front squat it up basically kneeling so. or standing either i'm a big i do, I, I do standing i'm a big fan like
0: of i'm a big fan of standing over kneeling yeah. yeah it just i'm never stable enough when i'm kneeling on the ground
1: cuz then you can do a proper like one foot you know one foot forward one foot back like power stance and, yeah. and really yeah Really go for it. It's a shame that.
0: Well, there must be some. I'm sure that there's some fancy gyms that have got a way to do that um,
1: with both arms at once. But, but might get if the plates are big, might get quite. uh
0: Yeah, land landmine press for shoulders, and it's so, it's so safe. You know, yeah, you need just,
1: to t- just feels right, doesn't it? Just feel like the right thing to do, but that's because <laughs> you've managed to take a
0: movement that was supposed to be pressing vertically and made it go a little bit more close to a bench press. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, right, so if you if you lie under it like that, then, and then just do it. <laughs>
2: Feels even more right.
0: Yeah, and then if you take it out of the landmine, actually, put it you into put a rack, a bench.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can just do bench
2: press. press a, this is a landmine press
1: variation that you yeah. can do. <laughs> and it's back to where we all started, which is lying down.
0: Lying down. Feet not on the floor, <laughs> yeah. completely isolated. Bench press. Uh, Seth?
2: This is one that I got from Elliot Hulse, of all people, which is if you are... Having one of those days where you're just like, oh, I just cannot be bothered to do the session that I've got. And it's particularly if you've been following 531 for the last seven years, as you should be, and you're long Bitcoin, then there is a point where the numbers get to the point where like, and we've all experienced this, like Thursday night before your squat day for th- heavy threes. And you're like, oh, like, I don't know if I can even face getting out of bed in the morning because I've got this. This thing coming up if your training consistently starts to feel like that just go in and say right i'm not allowed to lift more than 60 kilograms for three sets of 10 for everything and you have to just turn up go through the motions you're not allowed to give it any intensity not allowed to like it's literally you just turn up and just go through the motions like you can even have that face just and he's and he's right that by the end of that session you'll be so like fired up to actually do it properly again that solves the problem whereas if you try and push it when something in you is just like oh i'm exhausted you're only going to burn out faster
0: so what's the the principle here that if you're struggling with motivation reduce the load move through the session and use the whatever like latent desire to train properly to like the boredom kicks you into the, the next session, correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you ever do that, Johnny? Do you ever, well, you know, cause you are, you are basically controlled by a man on the other side of the internet with your training, aren't you?
1: <laughs> it's worse than that. Actually, I'm controlled by a very intricate spreadsheet that I don't understand. That is run by a man. So I tell the spreadsheet every day how I feel. Seriously. And then the spreadsheet tells and you, then the spreadsheet says, well, this is what you should do. So it's, kind of adjusted and adapted for me i hey, i have a i have a, a one actually my neck it's weird my next one is very linked to that but okay. i'll let you go
0: um this is the most overused hack of all time so if people haven't already seen this i'll be very surprised but we haven't used it before james smith and Sonny webster got into a fight on twitter about who was able sorry on instagram about who was able to use this first but just if you have a barbell which is on the floor and has a lot of plates on it stick a small plate under the closest to the collar plate that's on the floor, roll it up and over it, and it means that you can deload the bar so much more easily. You'll save your lower back, and you've always been in that position, especially if, you've been, if you're in a gym which isn't built for powerlifting, where the, the rubber Gym 80 plates or something, they're like a gold plate, and it's with rubber that makes you stick. It's like teflonized rubber or some shit, and it just doesn't come off, and you this is impossible to get off. Roll the barbell up, kick it onto a plate, pull everything off the end. There you go. You've only got one plate left. Do the same on the other side. You've deloaded a bar far easier. Now, you could go to a gym that has a bar jack or like a bar rack, like a Laco thing to properly kick it up. But I actually think that this is probably quicker.
1: As a For a tip for people who've like never been to the gym before, this is the first year they're going to the gym. I've seen it happen so many times where people don't appreciate the like if you strip all the one side of the barbell, if it's like on a mm. rack or like an easy bar, for example, on a preacher curl, you'll see people strip one side of it and then it goes woof like that, and the the end straight of the,
0: into the face,
1: into into someone else lying on the bench next to them or, or whatever. <clears throat> so like unload barbell when they aren't on the ground, unload them evenly, one side after the other.
2: Learn basic physics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very basic. Moment arm. But
1: do you know why I think this slightly? It's slightly forgivable. Is the barbell, especially 20 kilo, like a six foot barbell, you look at it and think that can probably, that can, probably be all right. Like it doesn't look immediately like that's an, uh, that person's in imminent danger.
0: My but- ability to judge how much weight, like how much weight the fulcrum or whatever needs in order to flip it over, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. I always err on the side of caution because I've seen this happen one too many times. And you're, that's the equivalent of being a server in a restaurant
1: and dropping the glass. Uh, everyone, oh, what yeah. Like, what's the cost benefit yeah. of trying to push that fulcrum? Yeah, it can take two twenties on one side without flipping. Three twenties is touch and go. Four so oh, this, is fu- like dude, this is a dude. This is a
0: this is a fucking life hack. Explain what the limits are of a normal men's kilo barbell, twenty kilo, 20 kilo barbell kilo on a rack. Yep. So
1: the way I would unload one eighty, right? So that's four twenties each side. Is as follows. <laughs> <laughs> you go to one side and i strip off 220s okay leave 220s on that bit's very important leave 220s on go around to the other side and strip all four because it will not flip and oh, then go around to the other side again tell you what
0: that's
1: proper tetris like minimum oh. number of strokes yeah. required to yeah i think you could probably push it to like take one off and then but you've it, already that, got to do two carrying 40 kilos isn't too hard is it you can tell when it's at its limits the way i check if i'm not sure is um because if you're using like 25s or anything, just give it a little yeah. give the other end a little, a little kick it's very light you think mm. oh, probably
0: not for me <laughs> like if um, someone touches
1: that that's going over
0: before you do your one johnny here's a, a just a thought about that thing that you did there Seth. if you're struggling with motivation we're probably going to be getting toward the stage where people are starting to hit a little bit of a limit, especially if they're used to, if they're in a new training routine, if they're training at a different time, or if they're first stepping into the gym after a little bit of a break, what are some of the things that you do to get yourself motivated or in the mood for training if you're just thinking, "Ah, oh, like, I'm, I'm totally, totally not down for it today, either supplements or movements or routines or mindsets or anything?
2: I would say don't use a pre-workout. These things are false economies. What's that mean? They,
1: I don't agree with that.
2: So pre-workouts okay. are very strong stimulants, usually with a bunch of experimental stuff in there to get you amped and to make sure that you don't sleep for the next two days, um, so that so that you can lift another rep on your on your incline curl or something. But you pay the price much more on the back end of it. So I would be very sparing with that. If you are a coffee drinker and it's before 2 p.m., yeah, just have a regular coffee before the thing. But don't go and buy something that's a derivative of of an amphetamine just so that you can do a couple more cable
1: incline. I love how careful you are with stimulants. You have become...
0: Remembering that we, back in the day, wouldn't have thought twice about having vodka, water and no, no explode from bsn that was a that was a pre-night drink for me some, of my,
1: some of my best sessions were with like a, an mr and Metrex sample that came on the front of a flex magazine and i like <laughs> goodness <laughs> and knows what i in. had it just out of the packet because i didn't have a shaker with me and then went and trained yeah well
2: the, yeah so i i should frame this that i'm i'm talking about this as a an ex abuser of all these kind of supplement retire like, retiree retire, like, you're a veteran yeah where you just dry scoop the like yeah. three scoops of doing a scoopy jack
0: 3d or whatever else yeah uh, I so what
1: look d- at the serving size of jack 3d and thought nah, it doesn't nah I mean, it. You're right.
0: did you see there was a video that came up on youtube the other day some guy did an entire tub of original jack 3d oh my god
2: I mean, that's... Surely that's A&E a, time. I mean, I'm, on its I'm way, pretty sure,
0: yeah. I'm pretty certain that Derek from More Plates, More Dates did a reaction video to it um, about just what was going through this guy's system. Pretty fucking... Right, so, I, I, mean, I
2: would be calling the anaesthetist. Like, if I had a patient that said, I've had a tub of Jack 3D, I'd be like, right.
0: Get ready make a for couple this, of phone
2: calls, make sure like yeah. they're ready.
0: <laughs> um, what do you do if it's... I'll get to you in a second, Johnny. If you don't like the idea of relying on stimulants what do you do to get yourself let's say it's an aggressive session or you really want to go in and crush it what do you do you you're asking me yes so
2: a lot of it is because you've got stuff at home that you're like well for me it's like oh, i've got work i need to finish and i've got all these little bits and i can't really justify going to the gym and and then oh you know that on those times that you don't go and you try and stay and do the the admin-y stuff. It's an hour later and you're like, oh, was it really worth it? No. So I think just knowing from past experience that whenever you try and skip the gym, the time that you would have spent otherwise is usually rubbish and your energy is still low and stuff. Whereas if you go and you come back and you're like, okay, I feel like I've had a frame shift and re-energized. As you said, Chris, a while ago, it's the same as, or it's more, didn't you, than the shift that you get from
0: an eight-hour night of sleep yeah your mood yeah. changes more pre and post workout than it does when you go to bed versus when you wake up i think as yeah well, no so it's, one it's, it's, treating it's, yourself like a child like putting it in your calendar and being like i'm gonna do it because i will gotta go be yeah, i think not overthinking it is probably a pretty good principle uh, okay i just i'm robotic here i'm working for the boss the boss said that i gotta go to the gym so i go to the gym but i also think that um apart from the times when you injure yourself which isn't usually due to the workout it's due to something else that's going on you almost never regret going to the gym. Yeah. Apart from the times I've injured myself. And even then, I don't regret going to the gym. I regret the injury which was caused by something else not to do with it's the gym. It cold or yeah. Didn't warm up properly. <clears> or, or, yeah. yeah, exactly. I was fatigued or stressed or whatever. Um, yeah, you, you almost are never going to regret a gym session. And keeping that in your mind, good look, if I do this, it's something that future me will thank me for. Current me is a lying, duplicitous <laughs> cunt. And you you cannot listen to him. Future Chris will thank you for it. Uh, Johnny, give me the justification for obsessive caffeine and stimulant use.
1: Uh, well, so I just, I kind of think that everybody should experience that safely once. Because if you've never had a pre-workout before, um, it, it ends up being quite a good session.
0: What's oh, a – because I haven't used a pre-workout in, me, so, I so shit neither, you know, five years. To be
1: honest, me neither. Um, the last <laughs> time I experienced anything close to it was when I didn't have coffee for a month and then had an espresso and went and trained, and that was
0: – Yeah,
1: <sighs> Can we all just say our story from the first time you ever had a pre-workout? Uh, mine was that. I just had what, when you hadn't had a coffee in a while? No, no, I had a uh, – so there was a sachet, like a sample sachet of Met- Metrex, whatever it was, their, pre- their, their version of Jack 3D. Um, their version of Eno Explode, and I didn't have a shaker cup with me, so I just had it as a powder dry, and then went and trained. I was like raw, raw. bareback. Yeah, like that was. What was yours, it, Yusuf? It, never like that again, is it? So
0: yeah, it was it was Jack chasing, 3D. The dra- chasing the chasing uh, the proverbial pre workout dragon.
2: <laughs> it was the the original Jack 3D with the DMAA in it, and which is the, amphetamine. the the amphetamine, and I found myself <laughs> like gurning. Um, <laughs> You feel Can pulse you rate, vision, like, really, like, listening to, like, New Monkey on the way to the gym, and you're like, this is excellent. Um, my my three rep max for squats was 140 kilos at the time. And I remember turning up, and I did a set of 10. So it was a seven rep PB. <laughs> completely unheard of. It was the biggest, like, difference PB that I've ever done in my life. I hobbled home and was ill for a week. Like, really... <laughs> flu type symptoms for a week <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember the next week my, my flatmate um, I had another dose of it and my flatmate was like what's that can I try some she didn't lift and I was like yeah sure and so she, she had a scoop and I, I went to the gym came back house was spotless and she was like oh you have had a really good day i am cleaning the whole house and everything really good and I'm like oh okay interesting
0: might <laughs> be the fact that you're on amphetamines <laughs> And she was no stranger to her class A's as well. So it's uh, crazy that this, they were able to sell that. All right, Johnny, what do you do? You, you're going to go and do a workout and you've got some pretty heavy sessions that you need to do. How do you get yourself mm-hmm. in the mood?
1: Uh, so the first thing is like a a like a planning consideration. So try and train on the same days of the week at the same time and try and plan stuff so that you can't, in the rest of your week, so that you can't move the session. So, I quite like having that. Like, I, I try to not let myself train less than three times a week. I just is just this standard of like, I feel like 16 year old me would be really disappointed in me if he found out that I train less than three times in a week. So, I have those slots. And the fact that I have this rule of if I'm not going to train tonight, I'm not doing that session this week is often enough to just get me in the gym. So, and then I just have this rule of no matter how I feel, I'll go and just do a warm up, I'll go and just like do something. And most of the time it ends up, it ends up happening. Um, and then like some of the sessions up happening stuff like having that for the, for the long time life hacks listeners, they'll know that this is a life hack and they'll all be using it already, but having a sacred playlist that like is what you, is what you listen to when you warm up or is what, what you listen to when you train really helps. Um, or like even just watching some stuff on YouTube. So like having a time when you finish work, especially if you're working from home, you're like, okay, five o'clock. Emails got emails shut. I'm going to watch some like fitness stuff on YouTube. Like I'm going to watch CrossFit videos or piloting videos or whatever on YouTube to like get me in the mood. And I'm going to go to the gym. Um, but this links into my next hack actually just so well planned, doesn't it? Fire if away. You... Um, for people who, so either in that position where you regularly find yourself like, I can't really be bothered. I don't want to go. Or if you play around with like, if you have a whoop band or an aura ring or whatever, and you don't know what to do with that information, Something I've done with clients in the past is you have your session, so your Monday session, and you split it into three. So you have like an A, a B, and a C. So if you're feeling really good or you have loads of time or your whoop band gives you a green rating or whatever, you do the full thing. If your whoop band or whatever gives you an amber or you're like a bit short of time, I can't really be bothered, do A and the B, or you just do the A. So you chunk it into, you're like auto-regulating based on time, mood, energy, whatever things you track, how much sleep you had last night. But the A section, the smallest bit, should always be something that, like, you can always go and do. It's like US version of the 60 kilos for sets of 10. Like, there should always be a minimum that you can tick the box of. Um, and it, it means that if you want to use something like a whoop band, because I think what, what we've all struggled with in the past is you have that. and then you're like, What the oh, fuck mate. do
0: you do with the information?
1: Yeah, like, it's red and it's flashing and it's shouting at you, like, stop being a child and get more sleep and you just go train anyway. You're like, well. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> it's kind of point, yeah. kind of pointless, right? Whereas, if you can at least scale back your session, at least you're doing something. You're like paying some respect to that information, if you if you choose to believe it. So, basically, taking your existing training program, chopping each session into three sections, and then you can just adjust depending on how you feel, how much energy, how much time you have.
0: Mm.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. The other frame shift for this of just stepping back and big picture the you know the old like look out at the stars and see how insignificant you are is just saying rather than oh i have to go and train is i get to go and train there are people who would love to but aren't able bodied enough to do it or or what we we're talking about before they feel so intimidated by the scary gym environment and all of their internal projections about fat phobia and everything that they can't even make the first step and and actually it's a great privilege a great ability to go and celebrate your body and, and well, do one that, day
0: so. one, one day you are going to be 80 and in a care home or you know unable to lift any heavy weights and you go like, to...
2: back in the day i used to do 50 kgs around strawberry my strawberry. strawberry
0: two scoops <laughs> first thing and i am telling you man that, that'll be old people in 50 years won't it listen yeah, yeah man
1: <laughs> honestly talking about jack 3d in the care home like Bro, that was so sick. Let me tell you,
2: <laughs> we used to have this thing called Tickety Talk.
0: <laughs> uh, so, my one that you touched on there, Johnny, is I think the obvious solutions are the ones that people overlook when they need to get motivated to go and train. Just find a song that compl- you cannot not get amped for. Like, have your playlist of training. Yeah. Or just a, there's a few of them, right? That if you put that on, it was your pre-drinking song for uni or it was whatever your one rep max song for the gym if you throw that on there is you would be amazed at the state shift before and after that three and a half minutes of let the bodies hit the floor (laughs) (laughs) try try and tell me that you don't want to go and lift the shit out of the gym after that like it's just it's such a state shift and it's so obvious everyone's got songs that get them amped up all right just use that use those
1: Beartooth live on YouTube.
0: That's your one. That's still in the that's in the first life hikes.
1: Like listening to live bands on on YouTube, man. Or like live DJ sets yeah, as well. As well, when you've got their, the audience their, in the background. The energy is so good. Yeah. Like I just need one of those on. And that the nice thing about them as well, if you get the full set, it can be the whole session. Yeah. And like you're finishing the session as they're doing like their encore and coming back on for one final song. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Life changing.
0: Uh What have I got here? Um, This is just one that I've had. So Tyneside, where I train at in Newcastle, has just got a um, seated calf raise machine. So the ones that work as you're sat down, you load the plates on the front, the pad sits on the top of your knees. And we've just found that adding that in, in between what... There is nothing that you're doing that can't have calves added in, in between... But no one can ever be bothered to dedicate ending stuff. All right, maybe if you're doing squats or rear for elevated lunges or something mm. like that. But you, you, no one's looking at the or, calf or machine calf raises. in between calf raises. Yeah, when you're training <laughs> calves, the other thing that you should really look at is adding calves in in-between sets. But if you're doing like a bench press or if you're doing anything upper body, just get four or five rounds of an easy calf machine or set the uh, leg press up and do calf raises on the leg press in between.
2: So someone sent me, I must have tweeted something about calf training or having small calves. And someone tweeted me a bunch of studies that are like, we compared a group of people over 16 weeks training calves heavy twice a week versus heavy three times a week or um, light and heavy or um, progressively doing this. And and all of them showed zero muscle growth. No way. (laughs) no fucking way across the entire study like any and it's just basically like ah oh, so calf training is just a scam then is it like why is that the case that do you be, think
1: yeah that can't be true
2: just so heavy so one theory is that they're so heavily genetically determined and that they you basically are training them all the time because you're getting so much loading from walking them walking around with them that they that kind of muscle that have already hit their limit um unless you were to go absolutely harm on them like it might just be that to get big calves you need to you need to do a chris and like between any set of anything yeah. go and sit on the seated calf raise
0: Yeah well it was interesting cuz obviously the Achilles rehab that I did I went from having a calf that was basically that didn't exist total muscle wastage to now I overshot it and the calf of the leg that I recovered is now bigger than the calf of the <laughs> leg that I didn't <laughs> uh, which is why I'm thinking about calves a little bit for the first time ever is um, it- What do you oh. say
1: what just that one of the coaches from 3dmj jeff alberts has got a like a side-by-side comparison of like i mean this is probably 10 years of calf training but he has legitimately turned very average calves into like a strong body part for him so
2: there's an interesting point because jeff alberts is all about mind muscle connection isn't he he's mr Mm -hmm. longevity bodybuilder like he's in his
1: (laughs) his like 50s and still going yeah
2: yeah and he's all about like getting the most out of a set of ten, as you possibly so, can.
1: Uh, how long was the study
2: for? Sixteen weeks, or so or like eight so weeks. The and so the answer is if... like sixteen years. Then,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. just some... do it for longer. They're definitely <laughs> calves. More. Calves are certainly one of the hardest muscle parts to train, but also they're probably the bottom of pretty much everybody's list.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it hurt, don't they? Who the they, fuck does? They're, di- they're difficult, and it hurts afterwards, and it hurts <laughs> at the time, and it's boring, and it's yeah, all of the above.
0: So add it in in between sets. And you'll be sweet. I think I think that's me out of
1: that was a hell of a list though. That's a fucking good
0: Good list of some training things. Well why don't we why don't we finish up with any stuff that we've watched or seen recently? Any cool stuff?
1: I got one. I'm watching it at the moment called Dope Sick on Disney Plus. Are you worried that we've already had that? No. Nope. No. So it is um, it's recommended by Dan, Mr. Digital Audio Broadcast. Um, it's about uh, OxyContin, the sort of the creation and distribution. Not the,
0: is it the Wessler family?
1: Uh, it's the something family, isn't it? Something family, but yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, pharmaceutical business produces this, this oxycontin drug, which is a, an, an opioid that they claim has like slow release and, and all that sort of stuff and isn't addictive. Um and it's about like the um the consequences of that and it is a bit of a bit of a slow start but is it a documentary or... no no it's a, it's a series. It's a drama series. Um based on and I'm gonna guess I, well it must be true, right? pretty accurately based on reality, yeah. Real?
2: I've had Oxycodone.
0: <clears throat> it's a powerful drug. What's the so difference oxycodone? between Oxycodone and Oxycontin? It,
2: I think it's the trade name because I've never heard OxyContin being used so, in the UK. Oxycontin, it might be maybe think, the re- slow release or I think yeah formulation or something. I think that's it.
0: What was the one? Because they had to change it so that people couldn't snort it anymore. Is that the difference between OxyCodone and OxyContin?
1: So in this OxyContin, they like, the, the thing that's supposedly slow release is the coating of the tablet, but people put the tablet in their mouth for a bit, take it out, crush it, and snort it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but like the pharmaceutical expert thing is just like a triggery coating around the edge of the pill but yeah so I, I i mean this was a thing. it like keeps shooting back between like 1995 and present day where there's like a lawsuit being being built against them and i haven't finished it yet but so good yeah i've heard
0: yeah. that before it was being dope sick was being advertised on the central roundabout in oh, town really? yeah for disney right. as part of disney plus it looks awesome there's also a book um maybe that the series is based on or perhaps just the same story reported by someone else i was in Waterstones yesterday and there's a book all about this so i i can't wait to watch that it looks yeah really really good so good so good seth have you seen anything nice
2: i have actually i think it's the only thing i've seen but it's called midnight mass on netflix and it's fantastic it's a self-contained seven part Series, and it's based on a Stephen King book. It's a roughly about a guy who comes to this little parochial village as a priest, and he's really charismatic, and everyone likes him. and um it just it's really nicely written, and there's lots of threads about the weird kind of ego games that religious people play and how people get drawn into. To things based on their interpretations and um there's a there's like a muslim sheriff there who like doesn't buy any of it and he's like no i'm not not getting involved in this and it's very very culturally accurate in in some ways and uh just really really good it's it's a horror but it's not it's not just like jumpy shock stuff What's it all on the time. netflix
1: yeah cool really recent as well i've not seen it heard of it have but a look at
2: good. the trailer i think like i'm not one of those ones
0: with scary stuff how how jumpy and how scary are we talking
2: not massively jumpy there's like maybe four moments in the whole series that are like but but like it's not about it's not one of those things that trying to like scare
1: you through shock factor okay does it fill you with dread is there any sense of dread
2: no sense of dread (laughs) (laughs) a bit of doom
1: some doom any like nihilism
2: the end. A little bit.
1: Okay. Sounds perfect.
0: Sounds. <laughs> it sounds exactly
1: it's like perfect. You
2: know there's three words at the top of the. And it's like romantic, zany, zingy. <laughs>
0: doom, Ma- dread.
1: nihilism, doom, and some
0: <laughs> ready, armed trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I am a huge fan of Netflix's colorized World War Two documentary series, and they've had. <laughs> two already that were up and a third one has just gone live which is world war ii road to victory so they've gone back through particular uh elements of world war ii so the invasion of north africa the battle for the atlantic the battle for dunkirk whatever and they've colorized the entire set of footage Uh, so you get to see world war ii in full colour. it's They've tried to HD stuff as much as they can. They get really, really good expert testimony. They get... There's never... I'm always a little bit conflicted when you watch war documentaries and they get the veterans that were there on because I quite like it. But because everyone's inevitably quite old, it does slow the pace of it down a little bit. Whereas when they rely on the experts and they've got such and such from Brunel University, this guy from King's College London, whatever, whatever... Uh, and all of the historians are shit hot. They're really, really good. Um, it's just great. Like this, I think the new series has got 12 episodes in it, World War II, Road to Victory. like Just easy watching. And you get to, it's much more engaging to watch stuff. It just shows how overstimulated we are. The fact that going from black and white to color means that I'm more likely to learn about something that's interesting to do with history. No. <laughs> the episodes are a good length. I think they may be a full hour long. Uh, But yeah, highly, highly, highly recommended. Cool. You watched anything else, Johnny? Um,
1: I'm try. I've tried watching something called The Tourist. I don't
0: know whether you. Oh, dude! I didn't even get through the first episode.
1: Yeah. Shame that, isn't
0: it? Yeah, with what's his face? Who was the guy that was in Christine Gray? Yeah, from Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: Fuck yeah! Really, really really
0: struggled with it. Shite. I just didn't it think it was very good. Uh what was the what was the one I think we said this a little while ago with the dude that plays Loki from the Marvel oh, comics. Uh the Night Manager. Yeah, the Night Manager with Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Uh Hiddleston oh. fucking hell what an yeah. awesome awesome. Yeah, Hugh Laurie's in. Have you seen that Yusef? Did we tell you that one? No. Oh, the Night Manager okay. fucking Really so good. Worth, worth watching. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Off,
1: the off the back of that, that I think he should be the new James Bond. Oh,
0: right. You can add these two. How would you feel about? Because I would be completely down for Idris Elba to be the new James yeah. Bond. Idris Elba would be good. Tom Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy or Tom Hiddleston. It's got to be
1: one of those three. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, I think go, they've all got the they've all got the required. Attitudes to it, and they'd all play a slightly different Bond, but would all do well.
0: What would you choose if you had to choose out of Hiddleston, Elba, and Hardy? Who would you choose?
1: I want to say Tom Hardy, just because I like him in everything that he does. That's that. There's his recommendation. Actually, Lock. That oh, film?
0: where is the Welsh guy, and it's filmed in the car?
1: The whole unbelievable.
0: In the car. My housemate was watching it last night. I've watched it a bunch of times, but my housemate was watching it last night. How,
1: like, how to make just a man in a car for what must be an hour and a half, completely like edge of your seat watching the whole time. Yeah, so good. Similar to
0: phone booth as the concept, then.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but even less, even more tuned down. It's it's even less exciting than Ryan Reynolds in Buried. Have you seen uh, that? Uh,
1: yeah, I've seen that, where he's literally just buried. For the so, whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. one
0: scene for the whole time. I, I can't remember what it is, but if, if someone's interested in finding out about it, if you Google how much lock cost and how long it took to film, the whole thing was shot in a couple of weeks, and it cost like 500 grand. It cost nothing.
1: Even film. that's surprising, to be honest, because it's just Tom Hardy in a car. Yeah. I feel I like if someone had given me like, 000 a, 000, a yeah. decent, <laughs> be yeah, decent camera, then two hours of Tom Hardy, I think we could have got it over the line.
0: Yeah,
2: no, just give me a ring light and an iPhone, five hundred quid.
0: Crack <laughs> it out, no worries. Uh, yeah, Locke is unbelievable. Have you? you got? Do you know who Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hardy, and Idris Elba are? Yousef, do you have any?
2: No, I think Idris Elba is the guy who was in.
1: You uh Like, he's centre midfield for England
2: <laughs> with with Johnny Wilkinson.
1: That's it. <laughs>
2: um, the one who is in. Luther. he's the main character in some kind of he's a detective he's like a Luther
0: Luther, Luther yeah, yeah. I haven't, I've not so I've never watched that what it's very very good is it
2: I've started writing down now the recommendations you guys have said with your names in
1: brackets because so yeah that's there's
0: accountability if they're shit Chris, what, seriously
1: L- Luther should be should go top of the list so well yes, I've, dude fantastic. The
0: Wire never seen it Sopranos never I'd seen
1: bother, it definitely bother with you've never seen the Sopranos no no I wouldn't I'd bother think. with The Wire
0: really yeah wouldn't bother yeah uh i think on balance tom hardy makes for you remember when you remember when it went from being pierce brosnan and everyone couldn't believe that you were going to have this like hard guy it was gritty daniel craig was running off the side of buildings he was coming out of the water he was like jacked and now think because that was i think he first became bond in 2006
1: yeah that's exactly right
0: yeah um so think about the fact that from then until now looking at Daniel Craig and comparing him with the potential of Tom Hardy and thinking hang on Daniel Craig was like the hard aggressive dude and mm-hmm. then you see just how much more extreme uh movies have got Like the standards really been raised but I think to go to lean into it would be a better way but I also think that it would be quite cool to have I think having a black bond would be pretty cool that would be like, yeah.
1: a... Idris would smash it as well. Yeah, he's a he's sick so guy. He's got up. an
0: awesome voice. Yeah, um, I do know who Tom Hardy is because he he played I mean, uh,
2: Charles Bronson. Yes, yeah, he did. He did. Which, yeah. which in itself, like if you're having Bronson is now Bond. That's.
0: He's got a real uh, repertoire. He plays the Jewish gangster in *Peaky Blinders*. Yeah, he's got the Welsh accent. He's done
1: also the Cray twins.
0: Yeah, he's both of them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He's what he's been in the the Batmans. Serious guy.
0: Serious, serious guy. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you. We made it. Where should people go if they want to check out what it is that you guys do?
1: I think if you just want to run any online business, propinfitness.com forward slash modern wisdom, we show you how to do it for free. If you want macros and calories, propinfitness.com forward slash calculator.
0: We made it. it. Peace. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope that you've got some new exercise variations that you're going to try out. Honestly, that Skull Crusher thing is an absolute game changer. So go and enjoy it. Don't forget that you can receive 37% or greater of everything site-wide from MyProtein by going to bit.ly proteinwisdom and the code modernwisdom at checkout. And you can get free shipping and a 20% discount site-wide on everything by going to manscaped.com and the code modernwisdom at checkout. I'll see you next time.